0: Señores y señores, solamente hablamos español todos los días. <laughs> sí. Escopetas! Escopetas! Todos escopetas en uh, uh. el cine. ¿Sí? o oh, no. Ah, uh, está, sí, está sí. bueno. Uh, so, hey, shotgun! Escopetas! I think that's there you, you go. it. Oh, it is. Yeah. talk shotguns. Yeah, Andy. man. Def Leppard, don't shoot, don't shoot shotgun. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Let's I saw them uh, this past week.
0: Very nice. I saw saw the
1: stadium tour. Yeah. Oh yeah. The Motley Crew. Dude, Motley Crew. That they, must have
0: been awesome, man.
1: Yeah, they look their age, but considering <laughs> considering they've been, you know, like seriously getting after it for the last four decades. Yeah, you know, dude, it looked like go a million bucks there. then.
2: Go read their book, man. You, you want to talk about them in the heydays? <laughs> Holy crap, man. You know? Oh, I mean, God. golly, some of the, I can't even remember just you reading that book, man, and just everything they were into doing, and you're like, how are you guys still alive? Oh, so, I
1: oh could do man. a solid six months. Solid six maybe. months doing that, maybe. I, maybe. I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe,
2: well, maybe
0: when you were younger. Like, are we talking about the Desert Storm era? Oh, dude. Mark Kelly, you can go like seven or eight months. Dude, you could run. Easy. Yeah. You could run forever. Yeah. They were saying that a year on the road with Def Leppard in the 1980s was like the unit selection. It was almost
2: the same type of endurance (laughs) you had now. Dude. I think that's what I heard. It's a totally separate endurance, man. I mean... You're running oh, your body at a, at a drunken state, at a, oh, at a dehydrated level, mm-hmm. uh, sleep mm-hmm. deprived. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Rick, Rick and I, uh,
1: we we spent a, a month one night in uh, Fayetteville. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Torsing> <laughs> the one plane down. down
1: several several times. <laughs> God bless me. Now I don't.
0: I didn't want to say it, but can you imagine doing that with one arm?
1: Oh, dude. Can you imagine? No. Dude, I struggle doing things with with all my faculties, similar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's the term. They sounded really good. Yeah. That's passion and drive right there, man. Yeah. They're winners. If you're still doing it after four decades, you're a winner.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that's the
0: thing is being able to sound, you know, legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look at Axel Rose. I mean, sometimes he sounds good. Sometimes you're like, wow, who's this dude?
2: Yeah. No, dude. Axel, yeah. no way. It, when I first saw them, it was 100%. You're made by the studio. He sounded mm. horrible. And yeah. I don't know that I've ever heard him since sound as good as, you know, if you want to say a studio cut. Now, I get it. You're going to have a little bit of differences. But man, like you look at, use Metallica as a prime example. Dude, those guys rock in concert, yep. right? And mm-hmm. there's no yeah. soundboard gizmos. I mean, they're trying to do everything they can for Bor Axel just to make him sound good. So.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of bands out there that are still, you know, musically, I mean, they're all good. Let's face it. You If, if your songs suck and you can't write songs, you're not going to be that successful for that long. But mm-hmm. so there's bands out there that are still getting after it and still sound really good. Journey's one of them. I don't know if you've ever seen them in concert. They're unbelievable. Well, yeah. with the new, I did see him with the new singer.
0: Talk about yeah, incredible, man.
1: Yeah, they sound great. Yeah.
0: Holy.
1: But well, yeah, dude, they, yeah, they get after it, man. God dang. You know, I love it's shotguns. Impressive.
0: I know we yes. can talk 80s and 90s music all day long, and yeah, we probably will mm-hmm. later on, but shotguns, man. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, you know, i writing a couple articles on it coming up here. I'm, like, looking around at all these YouTube videos, these YouTube heroes, and they're like, shotgun's worthless. It's not good for anything. Home defense, blah, blah, blah. I love my shotguns. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So it, the guy that says it's worthless, here's my question to you. If all you have is a single shot, is that thing worthless? No. That's all you got. Uh, it, 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 it's like, come on, man. To to me, yes, you can sit there and go, is it? it it's a very versatile tool, and I think that's the people that's the thing that people forget the versatility in the shotgun. However, what people don't understand they don't understand their shotguns. Yeah, you know. So you mention a simple thing like uh, you were on a shotgun class or something. You go, hey, man, how did your shotgun pattern? And they're like what and i'm like dude you don't know how your shotgun patterns because no two shotguns are the same at least that's what i've found you know it's just one of those fluke deals let's be an honest broker you you know uh not looking at a rifle barrel but if you're just looking at standard um smooth bore rifle or a smooth bore uh shotgun barrel dude pellets are gonna go out different ways you know, different loads are going to patent different, different ways. Do you have the ability to chain chokes in there? I mean, there's so much things when you're talking about a shotgun. And at the end of the day, my personal belief is you've got to put the work in to kind of know it. And if you don't, then you're just kind of out there flapping. So, yeah. But we jump on the ARs. We jump on pistols. Here,
0: let me show you something. Not, a- I built this and not everybody can afford this. This is a 300 blackout. Is that mm-hmm. with a suppressor? Is that perfect for home defense? It could be, but who the hell has the time, energy, and efficiency and money to build something like that, put it together, train with it, etc., and understand all the parts? Most, a lot of people grew up. The shotgun was it. Their daddy handed them down a shotgun. Their their mm-hmm. grandmother had the shotgun. But then when you brought that up, it's like you have to understand the shotgun just as much as you understand the mm-hmm. AR
2: one hundred yeah one hundred percent, yeah, but think about it you look at this day and age not all states are gun friendly, especially when it comes to an AR platform I don't know of a single state and I could be wrong that has some type of shotgun restriction I don't even think it's mentioned so in essence, if you want to sit there and trick out your shotgun, dude, you can I mean uh it might kind of brought up the question there you know best uh three gun shotgun dude it, it kind of boils that's a broad question because you got to look at hey what division you're running in what do you need um to me, hey the best shotgun's the one you got, but at the end right. of the day it is probably the the one firearm that you know you can go to all fifty states and it's not going to have some type of restriction on there so again think about it if you're traveling cross country And i've got to have one single tool to take with me man it's kind of a no-brainer so uh, just throwing it out there i think it's just it's it's overlooked as far as its versatility it's overlooked as far as its capability and then people don't really understand they think of it because it says shotgun uh that it's this close defense bird hunting deal yeah okay but man, put some slugs in there. You don't think you can reach out with some slugs? One hundred percent you can.
1: Think so. think about that though for a second. You know, how versatile that that gun is. Mm-hmm. You can you can hunt all kinds of fowl. Mm-hmm. You can hunt, you know, all kinds of deer, all kinds mm-hmm. of animals, mm-hmm. and you can defend yourself just by simply changing loads, you yep. know, maybe changing some chokes out and stuff like that. But I mean, that is a huge, huge benefit to a shotgun. You can do a lot of things with it. Mm-hmm. And most people, like Jason said, most people, if they're going to have anything passed down, it's going to be something like a shotgun. And even if it's like a pump shotgun, you can, you can train with that and be very efficient with it and use it for multiple things.
2: But, but here's the argument, Mark, right? Let's look at shotguns, right? So a pump shotgun, Mm -hmm. when you look at, when you look at shotguns, right? So you want to do some comparison and we'll just basically look at the pump and the semi-auto. Some semi autos don't like to feed certain rounds. Yeah. Pumps, pumps, yeah. you can mm-hmm. feed whatever you mm-hmm. want to that bad boy. Yeah. Great. Barring point. you barring you don't short stroke it or something like that. But again, you've got to put the time in working with it. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, um my uh I, I know my uh, Remington eleven eighty seven, you know, it's a Versamax man. It it doesn't it's not super uh, super happy with light loads yeah you know so it's like all right well that's one thing i'd
0: say is like you have a shotgun you have a semi you have a pump you have a, a double barrel you have a single barrel mm-hmm. you have to train with it mm-hmm. and that's what you know i i've had this semi-auto um, mossberg jm 930 tactical for years because i was going to do the three gun back in the day and mm-hmm. now i'm actually going to look at doing that. but i've been so adept at shooting the the remington 870 or the mossberg 500 for you know decades that when i started rolling with the the semi-auto i was like oh okay i gotta hit the slide release change you putting a single brown in there and moving with it and the thing's huge you know it's got like mm-hmm. what nine ten rounds in there and it's different and i'm not used to training with it but then i want to have to backtrack and say with the shotgun itself the 870s or the the mossberg 500s i'm not used to training with that with law enforcement we have to pretty much fam fire once a year and I've been doing that for 20 something years. I'm more used to training pistol and AR. Mm-hmm. So when I jump onto yeah. the shotgun platform, I'm like, huh,
2: I better start training with this sucker. Cause I love it. Yeah. yeah. The, the biggest thing, if you're going to do three gun with your shotgun, you I won't say you have to, but it's highly recommended that you can quad reload. So in essence, you can have four shells in your hand and you can shuck them things in there very quickly and efficiently without going, oh, there's one, three fly out. And it's like, (laughs) all right. Um, But again, you've got to have the setup for it. So if you think about it, it was funny the other day, uh, I'm out cruising around and I see uh, old Johnny Law out there and he's got his little uh, shotgun holder on his belt. I think he had like five or six rounds in there, you know, it's like, that's cool but you're not really going to get a quad load out of that because it's not set up for it. So that's the biggest thing is just, you've got to put the time and effort into practicing with it and you've got to get dummy rounds and that's the way you get good Yeah, is yeah. just practicing those loads and, and what works best for you. You know, there's, there's a bunch of different ways to skin that cat. You know, some people are, Hey, they'll do it with their left and flip it over and they can shuck them in that way. Some people are with their, Hey, they're using it with their right and doing it i mean you've got to figure out uh i think is uh one of the nba players once said you got to be amphibious got to be able to do it with your right hand or your left hand you know <laughs> amphibious <laughs> you know what but, talking yeah. about right and left-handed so with the ar i could
0: easily you know you're going up the corner i could switch my rifle around same thing with the pistol mm-hmm. so i did one of those action shooting things about a month ago Was it probably about mm-hmm. a month ago when i that's the first time i've used my my good old fashioned 870 in a competition setting, and I had to shoot around a corner with my left hand, and I'm mm-hmm. right hand, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Huh, this is interesting. I've never done this before." And I was using target loads, and now I'm thinking, I'm like, I need to get out there and run some, you know, double a, some slugs, some everything from not just my right hand but my left hand as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it a all place. boils down to manipulation, just like anything else. You know, it's 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 not secondary to marksmanship at all. I mean, you have to le- have to learn and train with it. But let's talk about the two different type of um, semi-autos as well. You know, you got the um, mm. recoil action, and then mm. you have the gas action. And I think the ones that we most talk about with the affected by the type of round that you select is the gas operated. Mm -hmm. Now, you can run into some problems with the recoil operated, you know, shooting from the hip might not work all that great. Shooting around a corner, like Jason was just saying, might not work all that great. Um, If you don't have that good, you know, shoulder mount, sometimes it won't work as well, especially if you're just not real strong in the upper body. And you're just, you know, normal fitness, but just not a big person or, or, you know, super strong or whatever. You can have some issues or laying down. You could have some issues as well. Mm-hmm. So you got to choose carefully and you got to train with it.
2: Yeah. And, and it's, you know, you bring up a great point, Mark, you know, a lot of people are going, um, all about, Oh, I got to get me a 12 gauge. Right. Or if you're going to be a man's man, I'm getting me a 10 gauge. Dude, there's <laughs> not, dude, you, you don't want to shoot that beast. It is oh, no, brutal. No. Um, but what's wrong with a 20 gauge man, you know, yeah. to me, to me, nothing. And cause I remember, you know, with the kids and stuff, We'll put them on a 410, right? You want to get them introduced to the shotgun? Run them 410s. And you would have people argue. So uh, let's look at my kids. uh, He had like a little Rossi combo, right? So it's single barrel, uh, 410 shotgun barrel. But then we got, you know, a 22. If that was all we had, let's say that was it. Mm -hmm. You don't think we could do some business with it? Oh, yeah.
1: 100%. Oh, yeah. You
2: could. But, again, you just got to put the effort in. And know what you're shooting. I ne- I don't necessarily want to launch that 410 birdshot out of there. But, dude, put me a 410 slug in there. That's right. 41 caliber coming at you. Boom. <laughs> Watch out, Dirty <laughs> Harry. I'm three away. Um, you're three away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: let's talk about um, when you were in the, um, the special forces, special operations forces. Mm-hmm. Yep. When it comes down to breaching and stuff, that's one thing I don't know anything about. Let's talk about those mm-hmm. types of shotguns and the rounds and, you know, what you're carrying there and obviously you were probably not the breacher type guy but let's it, talk about that
2: 100 percent, i was yeah oh hell so yeah
0: it, what was that what was i thinking mark come, come on, on man was i'm
2: out there i'm out there rolling with my little uh 870 shorty man yeah that's what we had to, too. yeah yeah so it was pretty much um man Old oh boy how to be about yay big right so you got a pistol grip that's all you got no stock on it and it's cut I mean, that barrel length was short as anything. Mm -hmm. So in essence, it held, um, if I recollect correctly, it was three in the magazine tube. Um, it was cut down that short and then you just never ran around with, you could have a husk in the chamber, but never put a live round because, uh, too many dramas, too many guys, um, in the past had AD their shotguns with catastrophic results. So we're basically running, um, a hat and breaching round, which is basically a, um,
1: compressed um i think it's was porcelain uh, think, wasn't it porcelain
2: por, porcelain lead type combo but some yeah mm-hmm. I, I forget what what's all in there but long story short yeah. it's basically a slug going out but as soon as it makes contact it's pulverizing so you're not um throwing either uh, buckshot or birdshot or whatever into the yeah. room so the door jam basically eats all that stuff up now in, in a pinch could you do it with something else yeah you could but then you're just looking at what's your collateral. Where are those extra right. pellets and stuff going? You know, no one knows. So that was the beauty with the hat and how that whole thing came about. It just minimized um, the collateral that was potentially going into that room. And dude, it's super effective. Uh, be careful watching some of your Hollywood movies. Uh, I think yeah. I think old Jack Carr put out mm-hmm. his post today. You know, Navy SEALs was released today in 1990. I think, mm-hmm. if I recollect correctly, um, hinges aren't the way to go, man. No, you know, no. So the old. He says some of that yeah. Hollywood, let me go blast the hinge, and they shoot up there, and it's like, boom, big, huge. Bullets. Yeah. Like, nah,
1: yeah, if you know lock. where to hit on a lock, a lot of times that but, door will just slide right oh, open yeah. nice and yeah. easy. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And then,
2: and then typically you've got a guy standing by with the banger, you know, because you yeah. lose a little bit having a breach, depending on how many locking mechanisms you have on there. Um, deal with the problem, bang it in there, and boom. Because yeah. then it, it, the bad thing with being the breacher is then you're out of the fight because i got to roll out mm-hmm. the way. I got to go stow yeah. that shotgun, get my rifle. By the time I get in there, man, everything's all done. You're like, mm, great, I got to breach the door. You know, <laughs> yeah. Might as well put down the welcome yeah, the, mat for you guys. The <laughs> biggest
1: mistake I ever made was uh, one shot open the first time. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, then you, you've got to do it every time then after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, or, or you sit there and, and boom, you go to rack and next thing you know, you know, because you think it's going to take two and then it freaking pops open and you're not, because there's got to be a slight delay. Because if you need that second one now, you've already racked it. Now you've got to kind of get your shotgun back to where it needs to be. Yeah, um, so it, yeah. It it takes a lot of work, but it's a great tool. And again, it's it's underlooked and still used today. Oh my God, we're still using shotguns today. Yes, we are.
1: Oh hell yeah, yeah. So it was cool. <clears throat> it had that little cleat, you know, that little cleat on the uh, the muzzle flasher, and just just slam it right in there and sticks right on the door and we, doesn't move. We have, Boom. We didn't have no. Yeah, we didn't have no cleat. Yeah. It's it, yeah, an impale, cool.
2: that, That's an impaling object. I don't want to be roping well, down next. You know, have <laughs> my cleat my I leg. Going, oh, ooh, oh, baby Jesus. <laughs> <baby Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, Oh
0: man, I'm just thinking about oh yeah, yeah. It's shotguns, man. The other thing I like about them is in a law enforcement capacity. I, if you hand, I'm not going to say every police officer is can shoot an AR-15 because mm-hmm. the mechanics of it, and I'm just saying, <clears throat> listen, it's, it's just like the military, the lowest common denominator. It's just like anything in life, the lowest common denominator. The pump-action shotgun is pretty self-explanatory, pretty self, you know, you could you could load around in there, and you could load buckshot, you could load slugs, you could load the round for the situation. And nine or eight or nine 32 caliber pellets heading towards someone is going to be pretty damn effective yeah
2: well i I, i'll agree with you mark i'm going to let you put your comment and then we'll put mine in
1: yeah that that i was going to say you still have to uh you still have to put them on target i've seen people completely you know miss and and all that other stuff but you know you are right if you hit them with half of that load it's going to be devastating at certain ranges but if you don't know your spread then you get beyond a certain distance and you're just not confident. You don't know those things. There's a good possibility. You are going to miss with the majority of those pellets. So you got to train with them. Go ahead, Rick. Sorry about that, buddy.
2: No, you're good, man. I was just saying, when we start looking at the, the law enforcement community, you got to think now the shotgun opens up, you know, and and this is where, at least for me, Jason, and again, I am not an LEO by trade for anyone listening, but it's just my observations. Um, the thing with the shotgun in my opinion from the leo world is it's a very versatile tool okay so it's set up where it can be yes lethal but it can also be non-lethal yeah. and and there's been issues because granted depending on oh yeah on departments and stuff like that you know sometimes they've got orange stock stuff like that but a shotgun just use a regular shotgun will fire whatever shotgun munitions it has whether it's yeah. lethal or non-lethal it doesn't know mm-hmm. you know it's up to that person holding the shotgun going hey man you got non-lethal in there and, and it's happened where guys have sh- thought they were shooting non-lethal and they had lethal rounds in there and kill guys. So yeah, it, it's, to me, it, I understand what you're saying. You know, you can get people to run it. Sure. But to me, there's a lot higher learning curve with the shotgun in the aspect of when I grab an AR, I know that's a deadly force tool. If I'm the guy tasked to go grab the, you know, shotgun in a non-lethal you know load capacity. You better hope that yeah. his stuff straight. So
1: yeah, I absolutely correct, one hundred percent. And it all comes down to training and familiarity and um, having your wits about you, just awareness. Yeah. Because I can tell you right now, I we have personal experience where someone that I know had that very same deal, very mm-hmm. same deal. Luckily, nobody was hurt. Luckily, yeah. So,
2: but it, yeah, it, it's one Great of those point. you've got to. Yeah, you, you got to have a good SOP. Yep. Where is my non-lethal? Where are my lethal rounds? How am I carrying it? And you've got to know 100%. What am I putting in there? It all visibility. You can't sit mm-hmm. there and go, hey, man, it's three o'clock in the morning. Hey, bring up the non-lethal. Boom. Yeah. I just launched, I just launched a slugging old boy. Oops. My bad. You know, well, I thought you it was know, wooden this brings us, round,
0: you know? This brings us down to something we talk about, I think, every episode, is training. Mm-hmm. You know, that five rounds we have to get on target every year as a Fed, it's not effective. No. And we don't use non-lethal. I mean, some agencies, I'm sure they do. Uh, mm-hmm. My agency doesn't. And if you're a uh, police, how much training are they doing, one, with the non-lethal and two, with the lethal? Mm-hmm. Is it like a FAM? Is it like, you know, once a year? Is it you just have to yeah. qualify with it once and then get stuck in a trunk and you just kind of have it there? It all yeah. comes down to training. And that comes down to the civilian market as well. The civilian Mm -hmm. world, not just the market, because I know we all like to train. But it comes down to training. And that comes down to dry firing. That comes down to just a basic understanding of the actions. The safety Mm -hmm. on a Mossberg 500, I could use my thumb up top. Mm -hmm. The safety on a Remington 870 is down by the trigger well. The Mm -hmm. slide releases are different. Yep, Shotguns are all different. A double mm-hmm. barrel opens up different than, than some single barrels. There's so many different things. So whatever that weapon system you're going to use, whatever that firearm you're going to use, understand it and dry fire. Just dry mm-hmm. fire. Yeah. And make sure you don't have any ammo next to you because it's not a good thing. Yeah, well, in
1: some of these smaller departments, you don't have... I'm sorry, buddy. I just no, wanted to point out what Jason was saying about the different types of guns and different manufacturers operate differently. They're going to take whatever they can get. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't blame them. But again, you have to train. You you might be pushing on the side of that trigger guard all day. Oops, it's on my thumb on top of the, mm-hmm. right at the uh, end of the stock. You know what I'm saying? So again, these guys are going to take whatever they can get, you know, especially if it's in good shape or brand new or a demo gun that they got from a manufacturer, but you got to train with it because you could run into something like that. It gets you killed. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100% yeah. it will.
2: Especially 100%. like you said, if, if you're running mixed breeds across the department. Right. What do I got? Yep. And especially if they're, um, pass me off guns. Right. So if they're mm-hmm. going, Hey man, you're just getting off a shift and Hey, here's what you got. Well, I've always used to run in the eight seventy. what, you know, now you're giving me what's this Mossberg thing, you know? So no one, yeah. 100%.
1: But, um, or he doesn't, he doesn't check it, you know, because he figured the guy just had it and he doesn't realize that it's a different model. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could, it could be that simple and that quickly go South on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then one other point too from the LE side uh, you got to think you've got gas capable with your shotguns as well so how are you stowing and yeah. I've seen I've seen dramas before oh mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, yeah where, where, people getting, <laughs> where people are getting twice where people getting not smoked me personally but I was there yeah but they're getting smoked oh, out yeah. of their own wagon right because oh, yeah. hey they got the shotgun in the back rounds are just flapping around and somehow <laughs> something Cause God knows yeah. there's nothing in that trunk, right? Oh, God. Some, something in that trunk, you know, pops one, two, three of them, uh, see a shotgun rounds and they get back pulling over going, man, I'm dying. It's like, dude, it, it all goes back to, it, to me, it's, it's that tool that you, you know, out of anything that you're going to have, you've got to have organization. You've got to go, Hey, where are my You know, gas rounds? How are they sealed? Am I keeping them in the box? You know, are they just rolling yeah. around? Um, Uh, all that inspect them oh that's a concept you know how long they've been sitting in the trunk um but yeah it's just it there's so much to it and i don't think you're and i don't say this to to be mean or anything but i don't think your average person is thinking about that at the shotgun they're thinking yeah that's what grandpa used to slap on the shoulder to go bird hunting right man Mm -hmm. you've got you've got some options with that bad boy yeah
0: and you know as much as i I used to never be a proponent of this whole competition stuff until I started doing it. And Mike (laughs) brought up the – now I'm like, oh, shit, when's the next competition? But Mm -hmm. Mike brought up the best three-gun. And, you know, if you get into these things – let's say it's not three-gun. Let's say it's skeet. Let's say it's anything Mm where you're going to be out there and getting used to using that firearm under some sort of pressure, simulated Mm -hmm. or not. It's going to be great for you, great experience of getting Mm -hmm. used to it and understanding the loads you're using, target loads, get out to the range, practice with buckshot, practice with slugs, Mm -hmm. but get used to using it. And I would say anybody can do these competitions. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be like a master level. I'm going in there and I'm screwing up. I mean, who
2: cares? But that's that's the thing, Jason, right? Go with what you have. And and here's the thing. Nobody's going to laugh. Nobody's going to chuckle. Nope. Everyone's everyone's so worried that, hey, when you show up to a match and, okay, you pull out grandpa's single shot, it, no, nobody's going to say anything. They might go, mm-hmm. you might be a little slow, right? B- but nobody's going to sit there and bust on you. Um, or same thing if you come up with, a, with the pump action. Nobody's going to say anything yeah. to you. And- that one,
0: I did a, yeah, I got to jump in here because this is one thing. Is I, I went to this competition a couple weeks ago. Action is, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know what the hell it's called. I'll post it sometime.
1: Anything that's got guys, action in it, it just raises action. that excitement yeah, up a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> but
0: <clears throat> guys are showing up with revolvers and double-barrel shotguns, mm-hmm. and it was awesome to see yeah. someone try to run courses with a double-barrel on a pistol, man, mm-hmm. and a revolver. But
1: like Rick said, if that's what you have and that's yeah. by your nightstand, why in the world wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Give me a reason. why well, I want to get a better time. Yeah, but you're not going to grab your competition gun if something goes bump in the night. You're going to grab grandpa's side-by-side that's right next to your nightstand. So why wouldn't you every now and then bust that thing out and see what you can do with it?
0: Well, Let's talk about time. Who cares? You are you know right. what? The first 10, I've, I'm on my like fifth or sixth competition now. I'm not going to worry about time time until I'm probably about 15 or 20 into this thing. Mm. And who cares about time? Just go there, <laughs> right. have fun, understand it, do different scenarios and just have a damn
2: good time because that's really all it's about. Well, I'm going to say this, Jason, I'm, I'm about having a good time, but I'm going to steal it as a training opportunity as well. Mm -hmm. Now I I know you're running the GoPro, you know, kind of point of view, um, camera, but I would hand somebody my phone and have them record my run. Just go, Hey, what's my footwork look like? Because you you know, you're not necessarily catching that from the GoPro, but that's what my whole purpose and, and, I'll date myself when I first started this thing. Our, uh, let's say our video equipment was this big box jam. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but you're out there running around with your big old VHS camera there. But that was the whole point, you know, for me wanting to get into it was how do I make myself better? Yes, I want to sit there and have fun, and trust me, it, did I have all the Gucci gear? Uh uh-uh. uh, I had the old school um, nylon. Eagle leg brig, you know, oh, did anyone say
0: anything? <laughs> nope.
2: It you yeah, but you <laughs> know, I actually, and that's the other thing
0: about people being friendly at these competitions. I only post the GoPro stuff, uh, but you hand your phone. I have all the video. I hand mm-hmm. someone my phone, and that's one thing I did. I noticed my foot movement. While I'm doing it, it feels like I'm going fast. But then mm-hmm. when I looked at it, I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> what the hell is that? And that's why, yes, the people there at these friendly thing. They'll take your phone. Anybody will video for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've learned a lot off of those videos so far. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then, you know, go ahead, go, buddy. All right, I'll go. I guess you know you guys uh, been I, together
0: I, so long that you're just you're probably gonna repeat each other's sentences soon.
2: You're like, well, <laughs> here's the thing. I I would just say do this as well. Like depending who you have in your squad, video somebody else as well. Like if you notice a dude that's got good footwork, just video him and, and you kind of get an idea to go. All right, hey, when he's shooting a certain way, how's he loading up to to set up so he can get out of that box quickly? You know, just little tips and tricks like that that you might not even be thinking about. But again, it's all, it all comes down to, yes, you're having a good time, but at the end of the day, you still want to sit there and go, how can I be as efficient and effective as I can? And setting yourself up just the way you run, you know, how you have to get in and out of a box. Does it make sense to run a target array left to right, right to left? So that now if I'm coming here, I'm already set. Boom. I can go off um, and work things that way. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just started
0: doing um, short movements like on my rocks. I'll do a little quick jogs and stuff here and there. Like when I'm out with the dogs, I'll be running from tree mm-hmm. to tree. Stupid shit, but it's just getting my
2: getting <clears throat> used to understanding it. Well, it, it's that quick little burst. But really what you want to set up is as soon as that plant foot hits, how can I get set up? It doesn't matter where that support leg is. How am I set up to be able to break a shot? That's really the key. Mm-hmm. So when you're going, boom. I'm moving into box, whatever, man. If that right foot hits and I'm planting that gun, driving out, wherever that support leg yep. is sights are on, take the shot. So it's, it, there's so much to it, man. When you really start digging into this thing. And like you said, you're hitting the key point is you're out for your little ruck, Cool, man. How can I train constantly training? What a novel concept, man. I know. I'm not, mm-hmm. only, I'm not only getting physical fitness, man, but I'm getting a little firearms training as well. Like, Where's your firearm at? It's like, dude. Uh,
0: yeah, okay, all good. You know what I carry? I when I'm rucking, I usually carry and a, a, my full size uh, um AR-15. And I carry my um, I carry my Walther PDP. Nice. And I carry a bayonet um, for my Walther, and I also tourniquet. carry the shotgun. A tourniquet. Seven tourniquets. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I carry <laughs> it. Mean, I mean. like, yeah, I carry me. <laughs> hey, yeah, Rick. I carry me. That's all I need. Yeah, I got these bad boys right here. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> if anybody happens. like saw that post I had tonight, I, you got you have to watch that Chuck Norris little clip I had with the Chuck Norris shotgun thing I just put mm-hmm. up. He's got the one handed semi auto shotgun, and he's like, "Oh hell oh, yeah!" This is after he was like, you know, injured, and he's coming back. He's got his like, mm-hmm. forty four Magnum or it's three fifty seven he's got his one shot one-handed shotgun Chuck Norris man oh god dude
1: hey, you know let, one thing i talk- wanted to mention about the shotgun just before we move on to something else if you want to get your kids involved in in uh, shooting sports or just learning how to handle a shotgun these youth league skeet competitions you talk about well managed there's a lot of competitions it's sponsored by a lot of different people you can go out there you can use a club gun, you know, and they're usually pretty good. And these kids are freaking dead eyes, bro. I mean, they are burning them clay pigeons down like there's they're nothing. And they're having a blast, and it's a bunch of kids out there. And it, there's always a, someone who's the first time they've ever handled a shotgun or even a gun in general for that matter. And, man, they just have a blast, and the confidence level just goes up, and then they want to keep coming back. That's a way to do it. Yeah. And a lot of times they'll have – you know, introduction days where they bring new kids out and there's some really good, good shots out there.
2: Yeah. And, so, and, go ahead. and on, on, on that mark, uh, I'll get to the street sweeper here in a second, but oh, on that, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. on, on that mark though, <clears throat> excuse me, that, like I said, that Rossi, um, 22, 410 combo, man, that thing mm-hmm. was the bomb. So I, mm-hmm. I, I would highly recommend hey if you've got a youngun that you're looking to get into it it gives you the versatility and the thing is you yeah. can get all kinds of different barrels for that thing but yeah. the nice thing was the stock was nice and short for the kids so as a first little shotgun boom they got that but then boom he also got you know a 22 in there so it gives yeah. them that versatility across the board but um yeah. start him young man get him introduced yeah. to it
1: and, and those clubs, state. man, they focus on the safety aspect because you know mm-hmm. there's safety mm-hmm. violations and all that stuff. It's just gr- oh, yeah. it's a great program, and they're all they're all over the place, and the kids mm-hmm. just love them. Yeah, yeah.
0: The st- now we got to hear about the street sweeper,
2: dude. You don't remember the street sweeper? Yeah, is that the? Uh, it's almost like a revolver one, right? No, no, no. So you had the uh, you had the judge, which was a revolver that that took yeah. the uh, <clears throat> the four ten rounds, but the street no, sweeper was that like, yeah, it was by the black one had the folding stock drum magazine, yeah. That's a drum magazine, yeah. That the federal government thought was some yeah. weapon of mass destruction, and that I couldn't have one. So I think you can still, I think they're still legal if I recollect correctly. Um, but it's funny because this day and age you're seeing, dude, you want to talk about some semi auto shotguns? Let's talk about having a semi auto shotgun that's got like a 20 round magazine,
1: mm-hmm. and they're oh, yeah. they're
2: not even doing. You know, trying to load into into the magwell—it's like just straight swapping magazines. I yeah,
1: mean. yeah.
2: So yep. <clears throat> you've seen—I mean, you've seen kind of an evolution in shotguns. So um, back to Mike's question: you know, the best three gun dude—it it, kind of boils down to what, how how deep are your pockets?
1: Yeah, because <laughs> if you, if you want to get something Gucci,
2: it, it's going to yeah, cost. Not you everybody's some like
1: Doctor Jason Piccolo
0: no listen i got that jm <laughs> i got that jm mm-hmm. uh pro tactical or whatever it was probably about five years ago mm-hmm. and this is when i first came out with it and it was kind of like yeah you know what it was 630 bucks for a semi-auto and it was it was good to go it's still good to mm-hmm. go i just um i ch- i swapped out the um stock because i like a pistol grip stock mm-hmm. i added a, a side saddle on it and i'm going to get the um the slide release i'm going to put a a lever on it rather than just a push button, mm-hmm. but other than well, that, so I mean, hey, how yeah. how's the lifter? How's the lifter on it? Because it's not bad. I, I'm not getting chopped up. I okay. mean, load was great, and that's okay. the thing about these Jr. The uh, JM Tacticals. It's Jerry. Make look. Mm-hmm. Yep. They actually make them a little bit better than their normal uh, mm-hmm.
2: semi-auto. So I mean, it's not we, bad. Yeah, <laughs> and and I mean, you're starting to see some of these manufacturers actually produce if you want to say three gun ready for lack of better terms, yeah. um, shotguns, which is nice. So you're not having to dump a whole bunch of money into it. But to me, probably the biggest thing is just looking at whatever shotgun you have, you probably need to look at getting a new lifter for it. And for those of you that aren't familiar with what the lifter is, basically, <clears throat> excuse me, it's that, uh, for the most part, it's usually a stainless piece that where you're loading your magazines in through the tube, which now when it releases from the magazine tube, it goes onto there and lifts up, uh, into the chamber but for whatever reason the design was it had a u-shaped in there so again a lot of times when your thumb was going in there depending on your thumb size that you would want to sit there and bite your uh mm-hmm. your thumbnail <clears throat> and guys figured out hey man if we make this thing one solid piece you're not getting bit, bitten boom easy to quad load and off you go versus <laughs> sitting there with your thumb stuck <laughs> going man it's caught in my shotgun give me a second here and you just burning time so yeah yeah
0: well, let's jump in anybody out there uh, that's listening if you have any questions or comments um, just drop them in the uh, comment section we'll answer them but yeah I'm, I'm digging the shotgun man I'm looking for yeah. more training you know and why there's not there's, there's not, not a not whole a bunch out there no, no there's not not at all
2: but the the cool thing um <clears throat> you know do shotgun training there's so much versatility to it i mean i've gone out there and it's like hey guys check it out towards the end of the day we got the uh the hand thrower and we're busting pigeons yeah right because that puts a whole another dynamic into tracking targets so Mm -hmm. people can sit there and go all right you know is it gonna work not work um but it just adds some versatility now you're actually tracking targets in there and oh by the way you know people have fun so um or you just sit there and put clay pigeons up on on the burn man let him go burn yeah. that stuff down but but it's easy because unless i mean if you're trying to pattern yes you've got to have paper and you've got to do it at certain distances but then after that man you can pretty much run all steel and just have a shindig of a time so
1: mm-hmm.
2: all depends what the range has you know versatility and then just knowing yeah. i think the key thing at the end of the day is knowing what's the capability of that shotgun and then if it is something where you've got chokes you can swap out are you actually swapping them out
0: so you know i gotta get away from the city i'm right outside of dc in virginia <laughs> i need to have some land so i can just go throw some like old washers and dryers out there that piss me off and tvs and shoot the shit out with a shotgun mm. that's what i want that's all I yeah, want. that's now, what i want in life, you know? it,
2: it, here's let me help you out you don't need to put your rubbish out there right let's be environmentally <laughs> friendly what i'd recommend what i'd recommend Oh, is that yeah. you get you some grizzly steel, you can use code yeah. Warhog 10, save your time. Oh, Grizzly Steel. What am I thinking? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: Dude, and just listen
0: you to You Just that leave stuff. it out there. Yeah. I better yeah. get that yeah. Warhog.com up there. There it is. See or head over there and use was it what's the code for Grizzly Steel? Uh Warhog Ten. I think Warhog blank blank is the uh is where it's No,
2: because we got we got OTR, you know, it, here's oh, the, here's your best bet is just go to warhog.com yeah. industry industry yeah. partners page or you can go to kellydefense.com yeah. um hit the industry partners page and you will save listen to me a boatload that's right a boatload titanic's worth of cash titanic's worth of cash that
0: that's where it's use, at,
2: man yeah that then you can yeah. use to go uh you know spend more money at somebody else i'm going to start there, using that a titanic's load worth of cash that's going to be my there, new no, thing. Yeah. that's a boatload
0: uh, who's coming up on the Honor Rage podcast?
2: Uh, right now, you guys got a couple in the hopper. Yeah, we got a couple. It's just it. It's like anything else. It's trying to get people iron. Oh, Mark, just give me the finger. What you got? We
1: got a pretty exciting episode, Rick. You want to tell them about it? We're gonna. It's going to be a series of episodes, probably one. Oh. And I yeah, think yeah. I think everybody's going to enjoy this. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah,
2: yeah. So we're going to start uh, dabbling.
1: <clears throat> excuse me into.
2: Granted, not in the blood, but oh, Jack Carr. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: our good friend Jack Carr.
2: Yeah, buddy. So we're going to start doing um, a Terminal List podcast. So what we're looking to do is uh, to break down James Reese, his workbench uh, in the yeah, garage. That's going to be the first one. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Break that down. Yeah. As much much you stuff. Can, as much as we can kind of pull from the pictures and stuff like that, um, we might have to hit Jack up Uh, because we're going to get him back on and just go, hey, man, because let's be an honest broker. Any of the books on there, it's got something that's his derivative. Mm -hmm. Um, And just do some do some comparisons. So uh, I'll let one little cat out of the bag. Uh, So, for example, the uh, the Vickers series, I don't have them. They're not out of my workbench. Right. Because if they're out there. They're probably going to have fingerprints and mm-hmm. grease and oil and everything else on there. So, personally, I wouldn't have them out there. Uh, James Reese wanted to have them out there. Uh, not the place I'm probably looking at them, but, um, yeah. So, we're just going to break that down a little bit. So, that'll be a, a – I think that'll be a good one. So, yeah. see if we can't take a, a sneak peek uh, into his safe there. Probably, you know, we might chew on that one. Uh, <laughs> but we've we got a bunch of things, but we're going to dabble into that and – if guys haven't seen the terminal list, oh, boy, man, you're missing out. Um, you know,
0: uh, definitely. And as you know, I got in a little hot water with, with Jack's publicist because the first I saw a tweet come out by Chris Pratt that morning saying, hey, I'm doing a terminal list. Mm-hmm. So I, I uh, hit up Jack. I'm like, hey, can you do a quick interview? So I remember I walked down onto the National Mall and Skyped him for like five mm-hmm. minutes. saying, I'm like, Jack, you just won the uh, the Super Bowl. You're your book's coming to the screen. <laughs> so that was the first interview with him when he found out that they're making it into a, and it's actually with the green awesome. light. So I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is awesome. But I highly recommend well, everybody, you know, check oh, it out. Man.
2: Yeah. So it, it's funny when we had him on the show, um, the Devil's Hand was coming out and it was supposed mm-hmm. to be talking about that. Jack didn't care. He was yeah. pumped about the terminal list. And I'm sitting there going, all right, that's cool. And <laughs> because, because here's, here's the thing, I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a super big fan of the Hollywood things. Right. I, I just yeah. I'm not just the drum behind all that crap. Um, but now I know why he was excited and oh, dude, to get a little more detail. Um, I think they had just gotten done shooting um, the tunnel scene and I'm really not letting mm-hmm. cats out of the bag. Nah. Uh, so he had like been running all night. So he was like running on empty when we had our interview with him so uh but yeah we're gonna get him back on and here's the thing man we're probably gonna talk magnum pi i love
1: Magnum yeah I, yeah. I yeah so yeah. we're gonna he's a huge magnum him. pi fan. yep
2: yep so i thought you know here's my uh i try to pull his recollection i thought for the Terminalists, um have you seen the sunrise was the magnum Because he, he makes a uh yeah. a note that each one he's got some type of Magnum PI reference in there I was, like, was it did you see the well, sunrise He's like no it's not I'm like, Come on man <laughs> I'm like alright so
0: And that's yeah. one thing I like about it too is like a lot of the first Blood references in there as well mm-hmm. You know it's pretty cool man yeah. Well everybody I appreciate everybody Joining us tonight oh and I have my new podcast Becoming the Protagonist on Yes yes so you all are welcome to Come on to that one and that's going to be a little more Different centric yeah, so it's, it's, why, don't, why don't you tell the why don't you tell the viewers, listeners, a little more about it, Jason? What is the protagonist? <laughs> it's the hero <laughs> of the story. You are the protagonist, and basically, it's a um, it's just a new podcast, and it's going to be a little bit more about improving yourself, uh, physicality, shooting, everything. But it's not really going to be law enforcement or military centric. anybody mm-hmm. can watch it, civilians alike. anybody. It's going to be more about just
2: becoming the protagonist of your story, of your life get motivated so, so what you're saying is if you just get 1% better each day yeah. at what at whatever you're looking to do
1: <laughs> <laughs> you will become the protagonist. I am the
2: protagonist.
0: <laughs> uh, well gentlemen awesome. I do appreciate you yeah, as buddy. usual I'm looking forward to our next show. What do you we got to think about something. I do want to do a show about these. Let's take a look here. We got this uh SIG P320. Mm-hmm. Unloaded. Yeah. So I just flag my face with the uh, little red dot. Got my Walther with the red dot, and then I got this good old-fashioned Sig Legion. I threw a red dot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to do a, I want to do a little co- little conversation about you know red dots, optics, all that kind of stuff. Awesome.
2: Really. And I need one of those. You just need the Aimpoint Acro. Actually, I really can, do. And and you can use code. Uh, oh, Warhawk 5 and save you 5% with Aim Point. <laughs> Warhawk 5.
0: Warhawk 5.
2: Yeah. Hey, and uh, Aim
1: Retail me, is for suckers. I'm,
0: I'd be yeah. more than welcome if Aim Point's watching us, listening to this or whatever. I'll, I'll take one and look at, review it for you. Gentlemen, thanks again. Yeah, buddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, buddy.
0: And everybody out there, make sure you check out On Arrange Podcast, Becoming the Protagonist Podcast, and the Protectors mm-hmm. Podcast. Thanks. Again. Yeah. All right.